His Love Christian Fellowship is excited to share this podcast with you. We hope you enjoy this message. And your love you see the same vein flowing through the body of Christ, and that's amazing to me. It is, and I don't know of any other network because it's all different networks. It's, it's every kind of church. It's every kind of thing you can think of that are speaking, and these words end up flowing just like one river. And, and uh, so there's one on there that c- came this week, and um, I just encourage you to read it. You don't have to believe it, but I'm going for it. It's uh, by Kurt Landry, and I've actually met him and, and been a part of a prayer group with him. He is the head of the Messianic Jews, and he's the head priest and prophet of all of the Messianic Jews, and he gave a magnificent word of the things that he saw aligning with the things of God and the word, and and, and, and it is the things we've asked for. It is the things beyond, you know, you're, you're going, how could God do this? How could God do this? And he's saying a way that God could move in this way. And so I told Ron, I said, well, I'm going to believe it. You know, thank God. You know, thank God. The wedding yesterday was awesome for Michael Dean and Cheyenne and just w- was thrilled. One more child, Brenda said that, she said, um, you know, we, they were thrilled Ron could go ahead and marry him. We didn't know at the time when they were going to get married if he was going to be physically able to and stuff. But she said, I was pregnant with him when we started coming to the church. And I had a dream that she was having a baby boy and that he was going to represent revival of another generation. And, I, you know, I love the songs. I'm just, you know, at this point, it feels like the tide's out a little bit, and we're going, God, bring in this this rush of power. But I believe it's coming. And so saying all that, that was, that was amazing. Um, I just, I love the things that God is doing. I love that. And um, so I have got an odd thing to share today, but I... I just want to share it because it's it's happened to me, and I'm just like, okay. So, Holy Spirit, come. Let it be fun because it's more fun when it's fun. And, God, I just pray, <laughs> Lord, um, just for your words. And, and, Lord, I just thank you, for, first of all, for all the amazing people in this room. Lord, every one of their lives and the uniqueness of them and the call on them and the faith in them. And, Lord, I just thank you for that. And, Lord, I do pray, again, for that resurrection and for that expectancy. And, Lord, it felt like all everyone was talking to a Navy SEAL group that was getting ready to take, the, take uh, whatever, the ground. And, Lord, we thank you that you have honed our lives. And, Father, you have taken us through fire and water and you've brought forth gold so let the gold in this room have its fruit and Lord not just in this room but you know all those Lord that we've touched in our lives let the gold have its fruit in Jesus name well I have uh, the privilege you know at times to just visit with different ones that are ministers in different situations and and so we, I got to talking to someone who, um, you know, began to tell me their seminary things. And um, I was trying to say that I've been learning, and this is a book I recommend everybody get, God is Good. And what is so amazing is it, it, it 
uh, my life's already been being changed over the years anyway, but seeing everything through the eyes of Jesus, Leanne was sharing that, but also seeing that all of the Old Testament was only to point to Jesus, who was going to point us to the Father and show us the Father's will. So everything that you wonder about, you got to look and see what did Jesus do. And so I've been doing that, and a lot of things have been changing, religious things and things in me that I'm going, well, Jesus did that. Well, Jesus did that. And, I, and all I'm saying is the church wants uh, God wants us to look like Jesus. And I want to look like Jesus. And so saying all that, this book a lot talks about that and walking in that place. I'm going to tell you if we're the church of Jesus Christ, we're not going to hate those who don't agree with us. And we're not going to be warmongers, not for political parties or anything else. We're going to walk in love. And that doesn't mean that we don't have strong convictions. It doesn't mean that we don't, you know, I will always believe it's wrong to kill an unborn baby. But I love those that have been caught in that. And I don't want them to feel condemnation around me, that they could be healed and loved. And, and, and the, you know, just across the board, God is wanting a people that cross lines that we've not done before and love. And so that's a paradigm shift. So I'm talking to this person, and they're not in this shift at all because this is what they said. These are the two schools of thought, I think, in the church. Um, he said, we're at the end of the end times. Well, you got to understand that Ron and I were in the Jesus movement, and end times was a big word. It was a big word. In fact, everything. We didn't even know if we should have any children. And then when we had one, we were a little nervous that we'd have enough food and water and enough for them to make it to the end. And um, David Wilkerson had a prophecy, and it was all these things that were going to happen. And, and guess what they did? And guess what? They happened in the 80s. <laughs> and here we are in the 2000s. So I do believe Jesus is coming again soon. But whether he's coming again soon in my lifetime doesn't matter because I'm not going to be here that long. My life will end, and I better do what he wants me to do. I'm going, if the only reason you're coming to the kingdoms because you think you might get snatched tomorrow, then you're not seeing this loving God who just wants to change your life and give you love. And so saying all that, there's two schools of thought. And we used to be in that school of thought. We had that school of thought. And that does bring the Old Testament in because then you be, begin to say, God, judge that city and judge those people. And, 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 and there begins to be a harshness that comes. But Jesus didn't do that. And so now we've got to go back to Jesus' eyeglasses and say, what did you do? You went in and healed in every one of those cities. In fact, you healed more. You went in and loved more, not less. Oh, my goodness. I didn't know. So this person was sharing this with me, of this, re this revelation of the end. And he told me, he said, I, saw, I watched the whole hearing thing. He said, you know, also wanted to be a lawyer. And he's like, I, I think the guy is definitely innocent. It was ridiculous. It was a travesty, the whole, whole lawsuit and all of that. He said, but it's going to end anyway. The whole, whole United States is about to blow up. 
We're about to have all our borders invaded, and we're not going to have a nation anymore. And you guys, I'm sorry you have children right now. No, I mean, that's, that is what his message was. And I'm telling you, a lot of sermons are preached that way. So people are living in fear, and they're living also in a place of, I don't have any responsibility because it's just coming. Because I said, well, we need to pray. You know me. We need to pray. And they said, it's already set. And, yeah, we should pray for the family not to feel bad. But let's, let's get real here. And I, I knew, I thought, God, you're good. And I said, well, what about the glory of the Lord covering the whole earth, you know? Jesus said that. It's going to cover the whole earth, not till after the millennium. It's not going to happen. And I thought, but Jesus is coming back for a pure, spotless bride. Us, you, and I. Pure, spotless, perfect. I just think that means people are going to be saved all over the earth, so there's glory. But Jesus said something that I think answered all those questions. Jesus, when's that hour coming? This is in Acts 1. When's it coming? When are you going to do? What are the signs of the times? What's going to happen? And he said, it's not for you to know. I don't even know. It's totally in my Father's hands. But you go make disciples. You go out in love. You go find the lost. You go. That will always be our mandate. And so, saying all that, um, this morning, I got up, I was just thinking so much about that. And I was thinking about prayer, and I thought, Jesus gave us the answer of what to do. He said, you pray. Father's kingdom on earth, his will, his purpose. We did it today, but you keep on praying it. You don't quit. And I'm like, I know his purpose is the end of abortion. I know his purpose is righteousness. I think our government's constitution was a good constitution, freedom of religion. I think we've had good things. I think those are his heart. And fa- uh, honestly, one reason I'm probably very passionate, I found out my DNA, and I am, I came over, and I, my ancestors were totally a part of the Revolutionary War, and they were part of the freedom of this nation to, to worship God. They were Puritans, and, and, uh, and to worship God. And so I want to see that in this nation. I want to see I want to see love be the thing in God we trust because God is good and God is love. That's what, that's what I want to see come in our nation. So until I die, I will still be praying that, and then I'll probably pray it from heaven. Okay, so this is what I read this morning that Jesus said. So what did Jesus say? Jesus was once asked, and this is Luke 17, uh, 20, and so this is one after another. He was asked by the religious leaders, when will God's kingdom's realm come? So they're wanting to know when something's going to happen. When's it going to come? And he responded, God's kingdom's realm does not simply come by obeying principles or waiting for signs. The kingdom is not discovered in one place or another, for God's kingdom realm is already expanding within some of you. 
We are the glory of God covering the earth. We're it. Later, Jesus addressed this again with his apostles and said, The time is coming when a great passion will be awakened within you to see me again. Yes, you will long to see the beginning of the days of the Son of Man, but you won't be able to find me. You will hear reports of some who will say, Look, he has returned. I don't know if I've heard that one, but I've heard he's coming soon right here. He's over here or he's over there. Don't believe it or run after them for their claims will be false. The day of the Son of Man will burst forth with the brightness of a lightning strike that shines from one end of the sky to the other, illuminating the earth. But before this takes place, the Son of Man must pass through great suffering and rejection from this generation. The same things that happened in the day of Noah will take place in the days of the Son of Man. They were eating and they were drinking and they were marrying and they were giving, giving in marriage until the day Noah boarded the ark and the devastating flood cam, came and swept them all away. The days of the Son of Man can com- be compared to the days of Lot. The people at that time of that time lived their lives as normal. They got married, they raised families, they built homes and businesses, yet they were totally unaware of what was coming until the Lord, uh, the day Lot departed from Sodom. The sky opened up and rained fire and burning sulfur upon them, destroying everyone and everything they had built. So it will be on this day of the unveiling of the Son of Man, in the day of my appearing, If one is outside, he won't even have time to go back into the house to gather his belongings. And those toiling in their fields won't have time to run back home. I'm going to tell you what I believe that means. Your heart is set. Is your heart set today? Are you going after the things of the world? Is the world your love? Is it your pursuit? When those hours come, you're not going to have time to run home. You're going to have to have a place right now. And God wants that place in us right now. Don't forget the example of Lot's wife and what happened to her when she turned back. That's why we pray constantly. Don't turn back. Keep a passion. Keep a fire. Do you realize that Jesus said that the biggest thing that will happen is that our love will grow cold? Well, it's easy. You know, just distract our minds. Give us something to do. You know, I just read a, a whole article on, on children being in front of a screen, and they said not more than two hours a day. That's, that's most. Or they began to suffer emotional and brain damage and all kinds of issues because of this. And so they did this huge study. And in Canada, it was only, um, there was 39% that were, way off the chart, didn't do anything that they should do to take care of themselves. 41% only did a couple things. There was only 5% of the children, of the youth, it was youth, that were in a place where their brains could grow and they were healthy. Now, I'm going to tell you, if you had a disease, if we knew that uh, whooping cough was coming again, you'd do something about it, wouldn't you? You'd do something to protect yourself, and yet here we've got your children can be brain disease, but we entertain them 24 hours. They've got something in front of them all the time, cell phones, games, whatever. Now, I'm going, I'm sorry, this isn't me. This is just science, and if I'm a parent, I care about that. You know, we were talking, I said, there was a day when our kids went out and played, and they'd make forts, and they'd have war, and they did all kinds of creative things, throw our dogs off cliffs, all kinds of fun things, you know? 
drive up hills that I, that I thought they were going to fall backwards on. You know, honestly, they did so many things, but they were creative. Do you know that our own brains are, are attacked by that too? I'm doing school right now, but it's online. And I'm telling you, after a while, my brain feels like it won't stop. It just wants to just keep going and going. Anybody else had that go on? Because the enemy knows that our time is short and it will make our love grow cold. Bill Johnson said the only thing that will block your relationship with God is between here and here. Right here. What you think. God is close to you and he loves you. Unless you don't think it. Anyway, so Jesus said, all who are obsessed with being secure in life will lose it including their lives, but those who let go of their lives, and that's the narrow way, and surrender them to me will discover true life. For in the night, there'll be two lying in their bed, and one will suddenly be swept away while the other will be left alive. There will be two women working together at household duties, and one will be suddenly swept away while the other will be left alive. His apostles, said, apostles asked, Lord, where's this going to happen? And Jesus responded, wherever they're spiritually dead you'll find the eagle circling. I am praying for spiritually alive. You guys pray for all of us to become spiritually alive. This is an hour we need more. So Jesus, very next thing he said, so then Jesus taught the disciples and said, keep praying and never stop or lose hope. And he shared this illustration with them. In a certain town, there was a civil judge. And honestly, sometimes God has looked like that because we've thought wrong. A thick-skinned, godless man who had no fear of others' opinions. And there was a poor widow in that town who kept pleading with the judge, grant me justice. She had things that were owed to her. I'm going to tell you, Ron and I have talked about it. We've got things owed to us. We have sowed the seed and we have cried out for fruit and it is owed to us. And we are going to begin to cry out for justice. We want to see fruit to all of the prayers and all of the years. All of you, come on. It's time in this nation for the fruit to come forth over this whole nation. It is. And Ron and I have been praying that way. Grant me justice and protect me against my oppressor. He ignored her pleas for quite some time. And I'll tell you, when time seems long, you think God didn't care. And that's a lie. I don't understand length of time. That's the mystery. But God's going, will you just keep on believing me? The widow keeps annoying me, demanding her rights, and I'm tired of listening to her. Eventually, he said, even though I'm not a religious man and I don't care about the opinions of others, I'll get her off my back by answering her claims for justice. And I wonder if Jesus wasn't telling that because they thought God was like that. He was telling it to religious leaders and I just and the apostles, and they thought God was like that. But God isn't like that because he went on and told it. I'll get her off my back by answering her claims for justice, and I'll rule in her favor. Then she'll leave me alone. And the Lord continued, Did you hear what the ungodly judge said? The totally not like God, the totally opposite of God said that he would answer her persistent request. 
don't you know that God, your father, is the true judge and he will grant justice to all of his children who cry out to him night and day? He will pour out his spirit upon them. He will not delay to answer you and give you what you ask for. God will give swift justice to those who don't give up. So ever be praying, ever be expecting, like the widow with the judge, yet when the Son of Man comes back, will he find this kind of persistent faithfulness in his people? You know, we prayed and we were declaring your faithfulness, God, your faithfulness, and we need to keep that in front of us. But I believe in this hour, he's saying, what about your faithfulness? What about your faithfulness when the tide goes out and it's not popular and it's not easy? It's not easy to shut off the TV. It's not easy to to close things down and say we're going to have a time. We're not going to have a a list over there. I I was wanting to cover every day with the prayer and fasting, but I'm just going to tell you you all know how to seek God. I'm just going to say seek God and let him him give you his prayers for this hour. But I believe that he is wanting to move in our nation like we've never seen before. I'm going to tell you that this group here is a piece of the body of the area. But we were called always to prayer. All the church is called to prayer. But we were called, and we were called to covenant with one another, not to give up, to keep on praying, not to quit. And, you know, it's fine when people go. God bless them, but don't go grumbling. You know, the one thing Jesus said when he was talking to his disciples and he said, and everybody left him and he said, eat my body and drink my blood. I'm the narrow way. He kept saying, stop grumbling. I heard someone, I think it was um, Chuck last week, and I'd heard someone, someone had talked to me and said, I'm just processing right now. And, and, and uh, when they said that to me, they're processing and they're angry and they're bitter. And Chuck said, process with eyes of gratitude. And I'm going to say, process with eyes of forgiveness. Do you know why Peter said, forgive one another, forgive everyone, love one another? Love covers a multitude of sins. Do you know why? Because even on your best day, even on my best day, I could fail you. When people have left here, I say, I'm sorry, I failed you. I don't know how. I'm sorry. But I'm going to tell you, on your best day, you could fail someone else. It's not about our, our um, duties. It's about his goodness. He also declared that we are perfect in him. So there is no condemnation. So forgive one another. And look at one another through the eyes of Jesus. What, what Ron said, you know, when someone is diabolically opposed to you, ask Jesus to show Show what they're saying through their eyes. I'll tell you, it heals marriages. It just does. Instead of always having uh, your way have to be right. You know what? I'm perfect, but I'm definitely not always right. I'm perfect because Jesus said I was. Is that incredible? But I'm not always right. So forgive me, and I'll forgive you. 
And let that be love covers here. Let us be a love covers people. God has desires. This is from uh, this book. God has desires, wishes, and dreams. He brought us into relationship with him as a part of that dream. God has a dream that this earth would have seven mountains taken and redeemed. That is the opposite doctrine of he's coming again, so just wait on him. He put you on the earth to fulfill a purpose. And your call is not second class. Every one of you, being a mom is not second class. It's glorious. Being a father, being a a workman. I don't care if you're a lawyer or a doctor or if you're a garbage collector. They're all the same with him. Work unto the Lord. But you are not second class. I loved it. I was listening to Paul Manwaring. It was one of the things I had to listen to. And he said, I struggled always of feeling I was second class. You know, and I love his English accent anyway. But he said, I did. I struggled with it. He said, because especially here at Bethel, somebody would get up and go, yeah, I went to Starbucks and won five or six people to the Lord. And then I went to the mall and I won seven or eight people to the Lord. And I just, he said, do you know that those people, seriously, have probably won more people to the Lord in that short time than I have in all my life? And then the Lord had to speak to me and say, but I made you an administrator. And that's not second class. The scripture says you were made perfect. It says because of one sacrifice, the blood of the lamb, one sacrifice, you've been made perfect forever. Come on, you guys. That's good news. Perfect. Come on. I'm perfect. You're perfect. Come on, say it. I'm perfect. And I'm definitely not second class. This is what we need to know. We're perfect. We're sons and daughters of God, and we're perfect, and we're not second class. God wants this thing off of us. No, we're perfect, and we're lovers of God, and we're not second class. So this is God's desire. None of us were forced into a relationship with God. Did anybody, I don't know, David Dryling's always said he, did, he was. Do you guys remember? He was on the ground and God wouldn't let him up and he finally said, he finally said, okay, God, I choose you. Anyway, um, but none of us were forced. He still had the choice. None of us were forced into a relationship with God. We were chosen and we were called. Jesus said you couldn't even come to Jesus. You couldn't even come to the Father if the Father didn't draw you. You wouldn't be here if you weren't drawn by the Father. You couldn't even come. So that's why we pray, Father, draw more, draw more, draw more. Now we have a position in Christ to help bring more of his desire by having influence on what happens and what doesn't happen on planet Earth. Do you realize that means that we have something to do? For example, consider this very illustration. We carry the message of salvation. You can go anywhere and see someone born again. If God opens the doors, it may be the hour. You know, for me, I loved it when I was on the 
uh, plane to Nicaragua and on the plane to Bulgaria. I led people to the Lord. And one was a Jewish man who was uh, in his 50s who all his life had tried to be good. And I shared Jesus with him, and he received him. That was awesome to me all his life. And he's like, oh, I feel him. I feel him. You know, I mean, it was amazing. And his, his mother, who, didn't speak, uh, who spoke, didn't speak English, but she could understand it, was listening and nodding the whole time I was praying with him. And I'm believing I saw two saved. And then I prayed with a, a Bulgarian woman who was broken and hurt, had only been, uh, she'd rarely been in the church, and I began to share Jesus. And she and her son Gabriel both wanted prayer and accepted the Lord on the plane. Okay, those are awesome for me. That don't happen all the time for me. And it isn't for you either. You, you get opportunities and all of a sudden the Lord goes, this is one. This is one. But you carry salvation for the earth. You have it. You have the message in you. Isn't that incredible? It is. The message must be preached in all the world. In fact, Jesus said he's not coming back till the glory's coming and, and it's covered, the message. If we send preachers of this message to one nation but refuse to send any to another, now we don't do that, but say that we did, there will be many more times amount of converts in that one nation we choose to serve with the gospel. Does that mean that God willed the others to miss out on eternal life? Question. Did God want them not to hear the gospel because nobody went? No, because we're going to go back to the word. No, we missed out. We, there was someone with that call. That was our choice. God is not willing that any should perish, but all should come to repentance. Is that not cool? So you're not looking at, I wonder who he wants. He wants them all, all. What is God's will in this passage? That no one would perish in their sins, but all would come to repentance. That is the will of God. Is it happening? No. Is it his fault? No. Does that mean that he is lacking the ability to bring about his desire? No, he made it possible for all to come to Christ. He gave us an example to follow in Jesus. He made us sinless through the blood of Jesus, and then he commissioned us by Jesus. Then he empowered us. Remember I told you in Acts 1, with the same power that Jesus had in his earthly ministry, come Holy Spirit, he made it possible for the will of God to be done on earth as it is in heaven. The catalyst of that reality is, is and this is pivotal to every church and every relationship a people who pray relentlessly pray what he told us to pray on earth as it is in heaven one of the men great men of prayer that i read about um years ago was praying hide and he would pray, and he'd win somebody to the Lord. And then he began to get a burden for more. And he would pray, and he would pray until God released him, and then he'd go out and win more to the Lord. And he would pray, and then that would happen. And they say his heart got enlarged and burst because of the compassion in his heart, the heart of Jesus for the lost. Not everyone 
is called in the same way. Not everybody's a praying hide. Not everybody is. But we were all called to say, Holy Spirit, on earth as it is in heaven, let my prayer language, let me speak, let me ask what you have. And we are in that hour. The mind is a place that blocks our relationship with God. The more the mind strays or is attacked or just full of empty thoughts, it deadens our heart relationship with Christ. So I am praying, God, do something to clear the minds of this nation. Free us from the constant negativity and everything that we say. Free us as Christians from adding the, the bad word with the good. Free us. Free us. It doesn't mean we don't share our burdens, but there comes a place and a time. But how many times do you hear praises? How many times do you hear good things? When you're with your friends, how many times does it go into a negative thing? God is saying, change that because I want to be with you. Are you influenced, and I believe this is just all of us, are you influenced? Are you or are you an influencer? Just ask yourself that. Are you influenced by all you hear and see? Or are you an influencer? The apostles were influencers. If you are influenced by those around you, this is a question of deep-rooted identity in Christ. I love, I love Zach's testimony of when he began to understand how he was a son. And he became more and more an influencer. If you're an influencer, you know who you are in Christ that you're his and you're loved. And if you don't know that, and honestly, there are times, and I'll feel that, and the Lord said, he first loved us. So that means just go back and say, I need another dose of your love so that I can know who I am and I can love more. He first loved us. In, a, in other words, everything that's happening in us that's good came, come from him. He first loved us, so we love others. If you're an influencer, you know who you are in Christ, and you are his, and you are loved. And you will say with David, I will not be afraid. What can man do to me? What can man do to me? I believe we as kingdom people should be as relentless or more. So if we grow weary and give up praying 45 years, and for Ron and I, Roe v. Wade was legalized the year of our marriage, about a month before our marriage, it was legalized. And we had this wonderful teacher called Derek Prince and he had a book that was called Prayer and Fasting, and we learned how to pray and fast for our nation, and we started doing it twice a week. And, I mean, we did it for years. I don't even know how many times I've been to Washington, D.C., 
praying over our nation for these things. I don't know how many times we've sent you all out, and you've been at places crying out for the end of this murdering of our, our, our unborn. This is just one travesty, because to me, if it's at the root, then everything else is going to be bad. If we can go down and get that root out, it is a lot like Manasseh. Get the root out. Stop, stop taking the children and giving them away to Molech. Judge Kavanaugh went through the most grueling public trial, I believe, in history to stand in justice and who he is. He was fought against mainly because he was pro-life. There was probably a lot of other reasons. I don't know, and I'm not political. I do not believe we are a political church. We're a church of love. But I also know that I believe the church needs to pray for the government. Your kingdom come. Your will be done. We are responsible to pray for this nation. So anyway, his wife uh, asked the Dobsons, and many prayer warriors to be praying Psalm 40 over them, and we did. When the enemy takes territory like Roe v. Wade, he doesn't want to relent. But we are those who will not give up. So 45 years later, Ron and I are still in the fight and still saying, God, but I'm, I, we're at the place we want our fruit. We want the fruit of 45 years of prayer. I want to see it, and I want to see a great awakening like we've never seen before. I do. I just, I can't. I mean, I do see Christian songs now coming out on the, on the popular radio stations and stuff, and that blesses me. And we were in a restaurant, and they were playing Reckless Love, and, and I was just like, ooh, I feel the Jesus movement come, and I can feel it because I'm telling you there came a place where Jesus was welcome in this nation again. During that time, there was a huge political ups upheaval. When the Jesus movement and Jesus was arising and being loved all over the nation, there was a huge uh, governmental arising going on. Kent State happened during that time and a lot of other issues. I believe as intercessors, as the church, your kingdom on earth, he doesn't want that. Could he stop wars? Could he stop things that would, would literally bring memories of darkness in our nation? I believe yes. And we need to be the ones that keep on asking. So anyway, I'm excited about God wants to do. I really felt there needed to be some ministry time today. And this is what I felt. Um, we're going to um, pray. But um, if you have had your expectation... And it wasn't just an expectation, but a sense of new life, needing a sense of new life. I just want you to come up, and we're just going to have um, the elders and different ones come around and pray for you. Because I believe God wants to strengthen all of us in this hour. So are all of you in agreement that we're to be those people that stand in the gap for our nation? So God, strengthen us. Strengthen us. Show us how to pray. I don't know. I really don't. And I'm not going to pray old prayers. We're, we're past that. But he knows. And he, his word didn't change. And that's the issue. Let's stand.
Lord, we just praise you this morning. Lord, I thank you for all our children and that they're going to live a long time. I thank you, Lord, they're going to live for years and years and love you. And, Lord, that they've got more time. Jesus, if you come again today, I just say whippy, yay. But, Lord, I also believe that there's a lot of destinies here that's left to be fulfilled. And, Lord, I believe there's a lot of unborn destinies that you have that you want to come alive. So, Father, as a, as a church, as your apostles, as your sent ones, we just come to you and say, Holy Spirit, empower us with our neighbors. Empower us with our um, business. And Lord, I pray for miracles in, in business. I pray for miracles in jobs. Lord, where there has been walls and hardness and unchanging things. God, we ask for changing things. God, I ask for a change in the youth and the delinquency and all of those things. I ask, God, for changes to come unless the Father draws him. So, Father, we ask you draw. We ask you to draw in every home. We ask you to draw, Lord, in every life. God, we ask for a drawing to you. We ask, Lord, that there would be a drawing to Jesus in Owen County and all of the areas around here. God, we ask for a drawing, Lord, that there would be even on a, a bed of drugs, Lord, to wake up and be drawn to you and Lord that's not impossible a lot in the Jesus movement were and God I ask you for a drawing I ask you for a drawing to you Lord Charles and Ann Stock's testimony was that they searched high and low they went through every drug they went through all of those things because they had such a drawing and then they found you and they never looked back God, I ask you for a drawing in this hour for your sons and your daughters. I ask you for a drawing over this nation. I ask you, Lord. And Father, I pray that in every hopeless place you put expectancy. And I thank you for resurrection life within our thoughts, within our hearts. And, Lord, I ask you to break us out of old. Break us out of old, Lord, even the old of uh, all, the, all the busyness and the computers and the, uh, Lord, for me, all the mind stuff going on. I ask you to break us out of it, Lord. Just begin to peel it off of us. And, Lord, let us feel like we've stepped out into the woods in fresh air. God, I ask it for this church, fresh air, fresh air, fresh minds freedom in this hour and I want to thank you for everything you're doing Lord we're grateful we're grateful we look at these things through eyes of gratefulness so thank you God you are doing it again and beyond our wildest imaginations thank you God in Jesus name thank you for listening to this message you 